Welcome to the Prairie Heights podcast. Thanks for listening today. I hope it motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family here at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. My name is Doug. I'm the executive director here today, and I'm humbled and privileged to get to share what God's put on my heart with you. As we're in between this space, we just finished our series, Simple, Not Easy, and then we're getting ready to try not to forget Christmas. And I get to fill that space. And as I think about it, I'm thinking about our last series. And Beth, she's our lead pastor. It was a pretty important series because she really outlined the four ways that we behave here at Prairie Heights. We pursue Jesus, we choose community, we give generously, and we reach one more. And while we're going through that series, I was working on my message for today because I had known it's been coming for a while. And if you were here and you got to hear the Choosing Community one, and if you didn't, I highly encourage you to go back and watch it. All our past series are online. But there was a line that Beth used that, that's kind of stuck about choosing community. And one day we had Twinkies, and everybody got a Twinkie. And that was good for most of us, but everybody got a Twinkie. And the line was, it's better eating Twinkies together than eating broccoli alone. That's what some of the research had shown, that if you eat unhealthy food together, you're, you're going to live longer and have more likely better health than if you eat broccoli by yourself. That's how important relationships are. And as, as I thought about today, I decided, nope, it's not going to be about choosing community. And as ironic as it is, the message and, and what I want to share with you today, it's because of the community that I've chosen. It's because I've chosen to be part of our, our church family. And you see, it was the people, you guys, that I got to spend some time around. And that, that's really what, what God put on my heart was all about all the conversations I had with all of you. So the way I'm thinking about today is you, I think about it like a sandwich. So you got the bread. If anybody's curious, sourdough is the bread I'll go with. But, but you've got the bread on one side of it. It was the Simple Not Easy series. And then the next longer series is Forget Christmas. And I get to do what's in between. I get to be the meat of the sandwich. And hopefully that helps you guys tie some things together as we move through it. And I'm feeling pretty good about today because one thing that I am and that I always say I am is, is I'm simple. I'm a, I'm a simple guy. And what happened in this past series is Beth made it crystal clear for me and for you about how we behave at Prairie Heights, the four things that we really value. And they're all simple things. They're things that you and I can do because I don't have to worry about getting extra help because I don't understand what it is. I don't have to worry about it being confusing. It's simple. All I really have to do is worry about getting distracted. And when I think about it, and when I think about that series, that's the hardest thing for me. It, it, it's, it's to not get distracted. Squirrel! Anybody? You remember the movie? The dog? Squirrel? Okay. Pretty easy for me to get distracted. And then, as we're heading into our next series, and we're going to talk about Forget Christmas and all the things that we have to, have to let go of, I mean, specifically, we're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday. How awesome is that? We're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday. And as, as we go into a birthday celebration, you know, we don't want to bring a lot of things with us that we don't need. We, we don't want to be distracted. We want to be able to dive in and, and really enjoy the party and the celebration. And just like Alex said, 
we want to reach one more. So you do have those cards, and I challenge you to give that card to someone. Or, hey, if you're, if you're a little nervous about giving it to someone, put their address on it, and you can mail it to them, too. That works. But get the card in their hands. So now we're in this sandwich between the Simple Not Easy series and the Forget Christmas series. And I told you, God put something on my heart that I want to share. And it, it was all the conversations with all of you. See, there, there's this guy named Dave who sits up there at 11 a.m. every Sunday, same seat. And there's another guy. His name is Doug, and it's a great name, by the way. He sits over here. He sits in the front row. And I get to have conversations with those two, but it's also everybody that sits in all the seats in between. And there, to be honest, there's some agonizing conversations, painful conversations, lost children, Broken marriages. Bad boss stories. You name it. All, all those things that we've, we've experienced. And for me, it was agonizing. Because I want everything to go well for everybody. On the flip side of that, though, there's the agony. On the flip side of that, though, almost like a sandwich again, there's all the awesome things that happen. I mean, we baptized 32 people here at Prairie Heights. That was fantastic, and that was awesome. That happened in that space. Some friends of ours, they had a healthy baby after, literally after years of trying to get pregnant, and all the hoops they jumped through, they successfully gave birth to, he, she, not they, she gave birth. I don't, want, I don't want to go down that road, but she gave birth to a, a healthy little girl. There's been successes, and there's been challenges in our lives. And while I was eating more Twinkies than I ever should have, one of the things I got to do was I got to be up here on the stage with my friends, Deb and Todd, in the Giving Generously piece. If you haven't watched that, you can go back and watch that too. But they've been prairie hiders. Todd's been a prairie hider since the very beginning. And then Deb got into the mix when, when they got married back in 2004. But it was getting to help them share their story and their face story and how they've been giving generously over the 20 years and how each step, there wasn't any giant steps in there. It was small step after small step throughout those, those 20 years. And that's what I got excited about. I got excited about the possibilities of everything that God has planned for us if we can stay focused on those small steps. So before I tell you what I'm going to talk about today, about 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, one of my mentors said something that, that stuck with me. He said, pay attention to what makes you laugh. Pay attention to the times that you sing. And pay attention to the things that make you cry. 20, 25 years ago, I thought that was one of the more foolish things. As I started to get a little bit older and a little bit more experience, I started to pay attention to those things. And as I was preparing for the message today, I was going down one, one road, but all those conversations, they, they took me down another road. And every time I've read this line, I do get just a little bit emotional. This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. So easy, so easy to get focused on where we've been or where we're going 
that we forget to live in the joy of today. Because this is the day. Today is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Comes out of Psalms. Psalms 118.24. So I'm going to share just a little bit. You can cut, you're stuck going on this journey with me right now. I'm going to just share a little bit of joyous gratitude about, about the Bible. Um, I'm grateful for it. And see, in, in the Bible, I just figured this out not too long ago. Some, some of you might chuckle at this. In the Bible, the, the New Testament, it starts with, with four books. In those four books, there are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they're, they're accounts of those four guys of Jesus' time on earth. So there, there's these four guys, and they're all, all writing down and, and categorizing what Jesus did while he was here. And one of them was an accountant. One of them was a well, accountant maybe is a little friendly. He was, he was a tax collector. And there was some accounting involved in that for all the accountants in the room. There was a doctor. But there are these different perspectives of the Bible. And they're from four different guys. So I get this... There's this thing that happened, Jesus' life, and I get to hear about it from four different guys' perspective. And those four books, in case you didn't know, they're called the Gospels, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer to them quite a bit today. But I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the Bible, and the more time I spend in it, the more, more grateful I get for all of the things that I'm learning. So thank you for letting me geek out just a little bit about the amazingness of the Bible. So let's go back to that psalm. I'm going to break that psalm down for us today. So let's take the first part of that psalm. Today is the day the Lord has made. God has given us this day to live and to serve him. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today is the day. There's this guy I spent a little time with. His name is John. And he had this saying that I, I think fits pretty well. We exaggerate yesterday and we overestimate tomorrow. Man, that's so good. Let me say it to you again. We exaggerate yesterday and we overestimate tomorrow. So what does that really mean? What, what does that really look like? So the reality is, as we look into our past, both our successes and our failures, they look a little bit bigger than they, than they really are. And we fall into some traps. So I want to share those three traps with you. So the first trap that we fall into is that we try and live on what we did yesterday. We did one thing right. You know, I got my wife flowers eight years ago. How long am I going to hang on to that, that I got that one right? It only lasts so long. As I mentioned earlier, we, we baptized 32 people. All of us together, we baptized 32 people because it takes a village. How long are we going to live in that we baptize 32 people before we start thinking about the next 32, the next 64, and we start looking about reaching one more? Can't live in that past past success forever. The second trap that we fall into is, is we exaggerate what we could have done. I don't know if anybody in here has ever done that, but it happens, and maybe you're not aware of it. I've hired a, a lot of people in my career, and one of the questions I started asking about 10 years ago is, share with, share with me something that you worked really, really, really hard at. You put everything into it, and it didn't work out. And then What'd you learn from it? And it's amazing what you learn from that question. I can understand how well somebody reflects on their experiences because they say experience is the best teacher. No, it's not. Reflected on experience is the best teacher. If you have an experience you don't ever think about it again, you're not going to learn anything from it. So I, I can get to learn about how they reflect on, the, on their past experience. I can learn, hey, 
what's really important to them. I can also learn, hey, can they let go of it? Can they, can they leave it behind? And as, as I ask that question just about every time, I start thinking, how would I answer that, Doug? What's something you worked really, really hard at? And it, ju it just didn't work out. So about 10 years ago, uh, while I was working at MSUM, probably the hardest thing I've ever worked on that didn't work out, I tried to bring hockey to MSUM. Some of you might remember that, some of you might not remember that. I still have the hockey puck. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, I lived in the pain of not being successful in that for a little while. Probably longer than I should have. Because I just kept, kept thinking, hey, if, if I, if I would have done this, then, then that would have happened. Or man, if we had this, these things would be different. It's hard to let go of some of those things. So that's the third, second trap we fall into. The third trap we fall into is we let failures and what other people have done to us drag us down and not be able to let it go. We relive every rejection, every failure, every misdeed that somebody's done to us, and we can't let it go. We keep score. Makes me, makes me laugh. I was telling my wife I was going to tell this story. I have a subscription to this service, and they sent everybody a free, free box of, of gear. And so I'm excited. I check the box for a hooded sweatshirt. I, I get it just a little bit bigger so I can wear it over some other clothes. You know how we do that here in, in North Dakota is we put on layers so there'd be a couple T-shirts underneath it. And finally the day arrives. In this sweatshirt, it shows up. And I put it on, and, and it's it's perfect. It fits just the way I wanted. I'm wearing it all day, rolling around on the floor with the dog, and our dog has white hair, so the next thing you know, the black sweatshirt has white hair all over it. And I'm like, oh, I need to wash some clothes anyway. So I, I get that, and I get some other dirty clothes, and I throw them in the washer, and I, I start the washer. And then you know what I did? I forgot that I had clothes in the washer. And so I got four people in my house. We all do, all do laundry. And my wife, in a very loving way, takes that laundry and throws it in the dryer and dries everything. Anybody guess what happened to my sweatshirt? Yeah, it shrunk. It, it didn't fit anymore. I held on to that for a little bit. There, there's a little tension with my wife and I. And, and I thought I had closed that off, but I hadn't because the next time I did it, and maybe I'm only speaking to the men in the room, when, when you want something washed and you throw it in the washer, then you just forget about it. So the next time that happens, my wife paid attention. She takes out all the clothes and she puts them in a laundry basket and doesn't dry anything. <laughs> and, you know, I'll tell you, what goes in comes out. And that works in a lot of different ways. But in this case, I was frustrated about the sweatshirt. I was a little hurt about the sweatshirt. I was keeping score in my mind. And then... She put my wet clothes in a, it was kind of a dirty laundry basket. Then I was cranky about that. And I just use that as a soft example of what are the things that you're not letting go of? What are the things that have happened that you're not letting go of? Forgiveness is huge. And it's probably bigger for you than the person that you're forgiving. Because if you can't let it go, it's going to come out at some point. And man, it is so easy to get caught in that trap of yesterday. And if that's not enough, then we overestimate tomorrow. And unfortunately, we train ourselves to do it. So, so bear with me here a little bit and help me out just a little bit. Let's see if we can finish these lines. The sun will come up tomorrow. Life goes. Yeah, those sayings are true. And they all imply that tomorrow is going to be a little bit better than today. 
And that's what we all hope for. There's no doubt about that. But let me tell you in very simple and clear terms, hope, it's not a strategy. Hope will not get things done. Hope might motivate us, might inspire us, but it's not going to get it done. That comes from action. And hopes and dreams, they don't work unless you do. One of my favorite quotes that I saw and that I use all the time, I saw it attributed to St. Augustine. Maybe it was him. Maybe it was somebody earlier than him. But we have to work like it depends on us and pray like it depends on God. Because faith without works is dead. We've got to do our part. And I'll share a story with you. I'm, not, I'm sitting in a chair today, not because I ate too much Thanksgiving turkey, although I did. But I'm getting out of a chair in my house on Friday, and I don't remember exactly what I did, but I felt a twinge in my back. And I'm like, ah, it'll go away, it'll get better. And it did for a little while because I was moving around. But yesterday morning, probably about 3 o'clock, I got out of bed, and it hurt. I, I could barely walk, I could barely move. It took everything I had to be able to get back into bed. So I wake up yesterday morning, and yep, I started to pray. I prayed like it depended on God, because I knew this was coming today. Had a few people I reached out to to help, help, have them help me praying. But on the flip side of that, I also knew I needed to take some action. So I went to the doc doctor, I sat in the walk-in clinic for a while, went through all of that, got some, some advice and some help, and then I, I followed that advice and help. Because it's action, it's action that gets things done. Like I said, pray like it depends on God and work like it depends on you. So while we're on that topic of tomorrow, one of the things that comes from tomorrow, it's worry. We worry about tomorrow. Okay, maybe you don't worry, but I do. Hey, I worry about my kids making good decisions. I got everywhere from a nine-year-old to a 20-year-old, and there's a lot of bad decisions they can make that could screw up their lives. I worry about that. I worry about that they're going to find the right spouse. I worry about where they're going to go work. I worry about them, I worry about them at night. Hey, I worry that I'm so focused on helping prepare my kids for life that I create an environment they don't really want to come back to because I'm always pushing. I'm always talking about what they could be doing better. Hey, I worry about my kids. Are they going to know Jesus? I know Jesus. My wife knows Jesus, and I want my kids to know Jesus. I want a lot of people to know Jesus. But that's what happens when we worry. We worry, we worry, we worry. We worry about tomorrow and what's going to happen, and we lose the opportunity that God gave us for today. Because today, today is the Lord the Lord has made. Today. He doesn't talk about tomorrow. And talk about yesterday, but today is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. And that's the verse that's been on my heart ever since I started writing about it. And, and Jesus, he's crystal clear about it in the book of Matthew. I told you we are going to dive into the Gospels just a little bit. Matthew records Jesus saying this, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. So let's, let's go through that one backwards. Each day has enough trouble on its own. What is Jesus saying there? Jesus is saying, hey, we have enough on our hands today without worrying about tomorrow and trying to relive yesterday. We have enough today. We have enough trouble today. Matthew, he, he's catching 
what Jesus is putting down. And he also catches Jesus saying, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Seriously, if you're worrying, is that adding to your life or is that subtracting from your life? For most of us, it's subtracting from our lives. So how do we get into that place where we're not worrying? Because today is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. So how do we take advantage of today and how do we rejoice and be glad in it? Jesus makes that pretty clear too. In Matthew, he's the guy that caught it. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I read that and I understand it. Then the first thing I think of is easier said than done. You know, how in the heck do I do that? Well, there's an old saying, all I need to know, I learned in kindergarten. That's why we started off with the kids. So check out this video about a little kid that the parents sent it to us after they got done back in KidVenture. Let's check this out. I love Jesus too much, I can't stop thinking about him. And what do you think about him? What, what, what do you think? He made us, he made our world, he made our grass, he made our sky. He made our plants, he made our vegetables, he made our houses, he made our toys. And who does he love? All of us. He does. And we can't love him too much. We can love him so much. We can never love God too much, right? Yeah. All right. I love you, buddy. You too. Man, how do we rejoice? I think we just saw it. We recognize all the things that God's done for us, and we love God, because we know God loves us. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Pretty clear direction. So when Jesus was here, he went through some of the same things we did. Can you say 40 days of fasting and then the devil taking him and, and tempting him with the things that were really important to Jesus? Jesus constantly modeled how, how we should behave and the things that we should do. So Jesus got baptized, right? I mean, well, ever think, why did Jesus need to get baptized? I mean, he, he was the son of God, but he got baptized because he was modeling for us how he wanted us to behave. And he wanted to go through the same things on earth that we're going through. So I'm going to date myself just a little bit here. Has anybody in the room or online... Heard of the book, Chicken Soup for the Soul? All right, I got a few chuckles. It is a, a book that was written. It was pretty popular back when I was in my teens. And the reason why I bring up that book today is there were two authors of that book, and they, they had a goal. They wanted their book to be at the top of the New York Times bestseller list. And they got there. And as they were going through that process, they were working with different people, and they came up with something that I'm going to share with you today. It's called The Rule of Five. So the rule of five is simple. It's picking five simple things that you do every day. Best way I can demonstrate this to you is if there's a tree you want to cut down and all you have is an axe. And if you take five swings with that axe at that tree every day, what's eventually going to happen? The tree's going to fall down. So what are the five things that you can do every day that are going to help you be closer to Jesus, help you pursue Jesus? I think that Jesus had his own rule of five, 
And as I read through the Gospels and I, I spend time, I get a better understanding of how Jesus spent his time. So we're going to do this. I'm going to share with you some of the things that Jesus did consistently, and then we're going to come back around on the other side of it, and then we're going to talk about the things that you and I can do consistently. So the very first thing that, that Jesus did was Jesus modeled consistent prayer. So I'm going to go back into the gospel. So the gospel, those four books I told you about, they documented that over 45 times that Jesus went to pray. Luke, in chapter 5, verse 16, says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus prayed. Jesus wants us to pray. I think we can do that. Heather, last week, she was one of our vocalists, and she was introducing a new song, and she was sharing a, a prayer that one of her friends shared with her that really worked for her. And it was simple. It was three words. Jesus, be near. You can add a fourth word to that. Hey, Jesus, be near me. Jesus, be near my family. Jesus, be near this, this church service. It's not that hard to pray. And I, as I was thinking about praying, it took me back to a prayer that I read, read a long time ago, and I'm, I'm going to share it with you right now. Dear Lord, so far today I'm doing all right. I have not gossiped, lost my temper, been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or self-indulgent. I haven't whined or cursed. I haven't even eaten any chocolate. However, I'm going to get out of bed soon and I'm going to really need your help. That resonates with me because <laughs> I need a lot of help. There's, there's no doubt about it. But we can all pray. We can all take, even if it's only 30 seconds, we can all pray every day. It, it, it's not praying for 24 hours straight, suggesting that you, you find a time every day to pray. The second thing that Jesus did is Jesus modeled full dependence on the Holy Spirit. We dive back into Luke, and Jesus said, or Luke said, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And that's where he fasted for 40 days. 40 days. He was led by the Spirit. It's not easy to be led by the Spirit. And some of us, we don't even know what that means. Yeah. So I want to share a little bit about what that looks like for me and for some people I've been around so that, that maybe you can recognize it. For me, being led by the Spirit, sometimes I just have a feeling that I'm supposed to do something. It can be a, a really simple thing, or, or it can be a giant thing that I, I really need to lean into. I was talking to one of our college, college students last week who came to Playbook. We did Playbook, which is an introduction to Prairie Heights. It's a little deeper, and we do it after some of our church services. And he said, yeah, I, I saw that Playbook was today on our Instagram story, and I just felt like I should come, so I did. To me, he leaned in to what the Holy Spirit had for him. We all have those feelings of things that we should do, and, and I would encourage you, every day when you have that feeling, lean into it. When, it. when you're feeling like you should do something, lean into it. Listen to it and think about it a little bit. And more often than not, then you should do it. The third thing that Jesus modeled for us was using God's word in, in every situation. He knew that God's word. He knew it and he used it. And we should be that good, but we're never going to be. But we can all get just a little bit better. So let's, let's take a look at Jesus modeling that for us. So Jesus comes out of the desert. And he's with the devil and he's getting tempted. And Jesus, and there are things he wants. 
They're not just like little things. It's not the leftover dessert that nobody likes. It's, it's the most popular dessert. And every time, Jesus answered, it is written or it is said in reference to what was in the Bible. We can all get a little bit better about spending time in, in God's Word. S- lots of simple ways to do it. You can download the U- version app, and they'll send you the verse of the day. Or maybe you're a little bit more like me. I like to open up my Bible every day, and sometimes I read a little more, and sometimes, hey, I, on- I only get a couple verses in. But every day I'm trying to get a little bit better, and it doesn't take that much time. So far, we're on the third one, and realistically, you can get all three of those done in less than two minutes. Two minutes out of your day. So the fourth thing that Jesus modeled for us was that he was thankful for God and everything in his life. Just like that little kid we saw in the video who was thankful for just about everything, we can be thankful. Not that hard. John caught Jesus saying, now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. He was thanking God for everything and letting people know where everything came from. It doesn't have to be a 30-minute prayer. It can just be taking that, that time when something happens that you can just say, hey, God, thanks. Hey, God, thanks for there being a short line at Starbucks when I'm going, going to get my wife coffee. Hey, th- thanks, God, for all the snow when we had the snowstorm that it blew into my neighbor's driveway instead of mine. I mean, things you can be thankful for, but then I would feel like I should go help him out because all the snow's in, in his driveway. But Jesus modeled thankfulness to God in, in every area of his life. And the last thing Jesus did, and I'm probably going to mostly speak to the men in the room on this one, Jesus modeled love. John 13, 34. This is what Jesus said. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And men, how good are we at this? We're not very good. As I was putting this together, I was thinking about experience that I had, and there's a woman by the name of Jan. She was my, she was my supervisor for about eight years when I was at MSUM, and, and she retired, and she came to town a couple, a couple Fridays ago. We went to lunch, and it turned into a three-hour lunch. We were just getting caught up and having so much fun, and we walked out of the restaurant, and my, I got, we got to my car before we got to her car, and I gave her, gave her a big hug and said, until next time, and then she walked to her car. And as I sat down in my car, I had the feeling, why didn't you tell her how important she is to you? Why don't you tell her that you love her? Because I do. Why not? Men, why don't we tell people how important they are to us more? Not saying that women don't. We all can. But I'm speaking to you as men right now. We don't. There's a joke that I'm going to screw up here. But it's this couple, they're getting ready to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary. And the wife's like, 50, 50 years. Man, I don't even know if he, he loves me. Maybe, maybe instead of celebrating, we should just go our separate ways. She tells her husband this, and her husband goes, you know, 50 years ago we got married, I, I stood up on the altar and I, I said I love you. If that changes, I'll let you know. Guys, that's not good enough. It just doesn't, doesn't work that way. So I'll, I'll tell you, you know, the whole, I believe... The Holy Spirit spoke to me in my car when, when I was like, is that feeling? Hey, let Jan know you love her. So I, I got, got home and 
I got a card. I, I didn't write much. I called people by their last names. So I was like, Mahoney. I should have told you I loved you today. Because I do. I appreciate you and I value you and all the things that you've done for me. I wouldn't be who I was today without you. Peters. So on Thursday, we do, we do a walkthrough. You know, walking through what's going to happen in this service. I walked through what my message was and I was sitting in that seat right there and Alex, he's our director of weekend services, he's sitting right there. He's like, hey, you, sh you should tell a little bit more about that Jan story. I'm like, okay, because I, I was pretty brief with it. I'm like, okay. And then my phone vibrates. I got a text from Jan in that very moment. Just said, Peters, I love you too. Have a blessed Thanksgiving. That's what happens when we lean into what the Holy Spirit has for us. It'll let you know. It'll let you know. Because Jesus, he's near us. But how are you going to model love? What does look like, love look like for you? Do your kids, do they know you love them? How about your parents, if they're alive, do they know you love them? The people that, that you love, do they know it? Or do you just think they know it? So those are five things. Five pretty simple things, the rule of five. And the challenge for you today is develop your rule of five. What does that look like? You've got to decide, and, and let's be honest, it might only be a rule of two as you get started. The important thing is that you pick something and you start to do it every day. Because if you start to do it every day, it becomes part of you. Those two things, hey, maybe every day I'm just going to be thankful. Maybe every day I'm going to do something out of the ordinary that lets, lets my kids know I love them. Maybe every day I'm, I'm just going to pause and listen and have a moment of silence just to see if the Holy Spirit speaks to me. It's not that hard. Pick one small thing and, and do it every day. So in closing, I want to share this poem with you. It's a portion of the poem. It's called The Life Builder's Creed, and I think it fits. If, you, if you're looking for a copy of it, we'll put it on our social media platforms a little bit later today. But here goes. Today is the most important day of my life. Yesterday, with its successes and victories, struggles and failures is gone forever. The past is past, done, finished. I cannot relive it. I cannot go back and change it. But I will learn from it and improve my today. Today, this moment now, it's God's gift to me and it's all that I have. Tomorrow with all its joys and sorrows, triumphs and troubles isn't here yet. Indeed, tomorrow may never come. Therefore, I will not let worry come into my tomorrow. Today is what God has entrusted to me. It's all that I have, and I'll do my best in it. Friends, it's too late for yesterday. And don't waste today worrying about tomorrow. All you have is today. Today is the day. Today is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Let me say a prayer for us. God, help each and every single one of us recognize and take advantage of today. 
Help us take advantage of today so that we can have everything that you have planned for us. Because when we get distracted by yesterday or we're worrying about tomorrow, we're distracted from what you've given us today. And we miss those opportunities. Give us all the, the will and the discipline to create some sort of rule of one or two or three or four or five of things that, that we can do every day. They're going to bring us closer to you and open the door to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thanks for listening and God bless.